need to laugh And when the sun is out Juneteenth celebrations, updates from the mayors of West Pelzer, Belton, and Pendleton. The first rare fresh tomatoes of summer and more on this June 20th, 2022 edition of the Anderson Reserve Podcast. News from people you trust. It has been another beautiful week in Anderson with a slight break in the heat, although the storms rumbled through in the beginning of the weekend. Summer is officially here tomorrow, but the celebration of the season began Saturday with the grand opening of the Anderson County Farmer's Market which brought big crowds and a lot of fresh summer produce, a little bit of everything there. And tomatoes aren't quite loaded in yet, but there were a few there early and they got going quick. I talked to Farmer's Market Director Sharon Nicomito about the day and how fast the tomatoes sold out. Tis the season. Tell everybody why they should be excited. Because it's produce time. We have tomatoes, squash, okra, corn, all the good local stuff coming in. The grand opening of the farmer's market will be open from now on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday from 8 to 1 all the way up till November. So come on out. I know she had a cow here today. We do. The cow's not here every day. This is for um, the Anderson County Farm Bureau Women's Leadership Committee. Say that three times fast. Um, in celebration of Dairy Month. How about Lammy Tomatoes yet? Yes, well, let me rephrase that. Had tomatoes. Had tomatoes. But soon, everybody get all the tomatoes they want, right? Yep, yep. They want them right now. They got to get here. Anderson County's Parks, Recreation, and Tourism Director Glenn Brill is also on hand to distribute vouchers for senior citizens, something they do every year. For senior citizens who qualify, they can use these vouchers to purchase fresh food at the farmer's market and at other farmer's markets. And Glenn, uh, fill me in a little bit on that. Uh, we're here at the County Farmers Market today signing up uh, qualifying seniors for farm market vouchers. Qualifying seniors get five $5 vouchers that are redeemable only at farmers markets throughout our state. We currently today have five farmers at our market who take the vouchers. Every year we distribute $20,000 in vouchers in Anderson County and all of that money goes right back into the pockets of our Anderson County farmers. How long will y'all be doing this? Well, uh, we normally just do it the second week in June. However, with the pandemic screwing things up the past two years, we didn't give them all out. So we're here today. We've got about 100 sets of vouchers left. So I'm actually running the market next week, Tuesday and Thursday, and we will give the vouchers out then. Our goal is to give them all out because with the cost of food and gas, there's a lot of need out there and you can't make a lot of money to get these vouchers. So we want to get them all into the hands of Anderson County seniors. And before that, on Friday night, the Friday night Juneteenth celebration downtown with the new 500 Commons green space on North Main Street right there near Calhoun Street at North Main was cut short by threatening weather, but still drew a good crowd and got part of the program in. And it was sponsored by the Anderson Area Remembrance and Reconciliation Initiative. Uh, here's what com committee member Stuart Sprague had to say about the committee and the event. Committee, right? I am. Remind people what the committee's goal is and what y'all been doing. Our goal is to honor the victims of lynching and to begin a community conversation on uh, racial justice that will lead toward what we call or hope for the beloved community. And y'all had some soil out here today from the places where they were lynched? Right. We have collected soil at four sites. We're collecting soil at one more site, and then we'll have a total of five. That will become a display of jars of soil at a permanent spot in Anderson. We'll also have a sculpture that we've commissioned that will be on display. And uh, we hope to then have programs of conversation, information, telling people about what happened, but also talking about what we can do in the future. Uh, two other key committee members, founding members, also talked to me about the importance of that day and the event, including Ancoma Anderson, who's pastor of Welfare Baptist Church. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the, this is the second year they've had something downtown at a new space. Why is it important to have this event downtown? Uh, first of all, I think uh, this is a very important initiative uh, here in Anderson County, the Anderson Area Remembrance uh, and Reconciliation Initiative. Uh, I think it's vital uh, for us to be here in the center of town uh, because uh, it's quite symbolic to be uh, in a city, but not just in the city, but downtown uh, where uh, a lot of decisions are made for the city as well as the county. And I think that uh, it is symbolic, uh, has a great symbolism, our presence here today. Uh, it's symbolic of the fact that, that Anderson 
uh, is potentially moving to a place of not only remembrance, but moving and making progress towards uh, reconciliation. And you had on display some of the ashes of the men who were lynched as part of the program? Uh, yeah, what, what was on display was uh, the soil uh, that, that we've collected from, from various locations uh, that were potential places where uh, individuals who were lynched in Anderson County. And I also talked to Juana Slate, who is also a founding member of the initiative. Okay, well now tell me, this is the second year that we've had a big celebration. Tell me why this is important as this grows in Anderson to have these celebrations. Sure. I think that uh, it's important for us to recognize that uh, Juneteenth is as important uh, not only to people of color, but is as important to, to all of us, to the entire community. And so it gives us a chance to come together uh, to celebrate everyone's freedom. Uh, the last people um, here in the country who found out about their freedom act actually happened on June uh, 19th, uh, 1865. So it's important that we acknowledge that all people are free and that we celebrate the freedoms that we all enjoy in this country. And as we get these going here in Anderson, just think 25 years from now, this will be old hat to people. They'll be ready to celebrate every year, right? That's correct. That is correct. So it's important to lay this foundation work here. Sure. I think, um, as you probably remember, the Anderson Area Remembrance and Reconciliation Initiative is about remembering, not staying stuck in the past and the wrongs of the past, but remembering and moving forward. In case you missed it, all this getting a lot more press now. Maybe you didn't. Juneteenth is Juneteenth Independence Day or Freedom Day. It commemorates the final emancipation from slavery of uh, slaves in the United States. That uh, marked the day in 1865 when the Union's Army General Gordon Granger landed in Galveston, Texas, and declared all slaves were completely free. And this happened more than two years after Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, because Lincoln's freeing of the slaves was on paper only, and the ongoing Civil War prevented freedom from becoming a reality to very many of the slaves who were on plantations, especially in Texas. The day was made a national holiday last year, but it's still not quite captured the imagination uh, in the ways some far less important cultural heritage days such as St. Patrick's Day or Cinco de Mayo have, but it is building. And Saturday brought another Juneteenth celebration to the Civic Center in Anderson. It was organized by Generation 4, a youth subsidiary of Welfare Baptist Church, and it featured live entertainment, performances by the company band, Dottie Peoples, a kid's zone, art, car bike show, health and wellness exhibits, and a college fair. And again, the Reverend Ancoma, Dr. Reverend Ancoma Anderson told me a little bit about the, why they put on the event Saturday. Remind people uh, what's going on out here today and why y'all decided to put this on. So today's uh, our first, I should say, inaugural Juneteenth celebration uh, for Anderson County. Uh, we wanted to do this because uh, we want to celebrate African-American culture, not just culture, but want to celebrate our independence, our freedom. And so the goal of today uh, is to provide intergenerational entertainment, uh, educate Anderson County on civic matters, and also to expose uh, African-American businesses here in Anderson County, and not just in Anderson County, but throughout the upstate of South Carolina. But as a pastor, why do you think it's important for you and your church to do stuff like this? So first of all, let me say this. So uh, Generation 4 is putting this on. Generation 4 is a nonprofit subsidiary of Welfare Baptist Church. And so at Welfare, we believe in the principle of Jesus' inaugural statement in Luke 4, 18, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the good news, heal the brokenhearted, uh, to proclaim liberty, to, to set free the captives. Uh, and so Let's as a part of that statement, Jesus was speaking to a socioeconomic uh, group of people who were socioeconomically depressed, uh, oppressed I should say. And so in this okay, time, sure. there are similar things that are going on, particularly uh, that impact and affect the African-American community. So we believe very strongly that if that was the mission of Christ, then that ought to be our mission as well. I believe very strongly that Jesus was indeed spiritual, but not only was he spiritual, but he was also social. Yeah. And so we do great yeah. spiritual work in our churches and in the community, but this is a part of that social aspect yes, of bringing community together, but also concerned about the social needs of humanity. And the United Way Leadership Council was also on site at that event. 
and board member Grant Cunningham of AnMed had this to say about it. This celebration here today and why you're here? Well, uh, this is uh, put on by a local church, Welfare Baptist Church, and they're doing a large Juneteenth celebration, but I think they, their goal was to also make it educational and informative. And so uh, we are here as a part of the Minority Health Coalition. And so we're gonna be doing blood pressure screenings and um, hopefully some blood sugar checks and uh, passing out materials. So it's important for us to be here to make sure that uh, at least for the entire community, but certainly at this event, that a good uh, edu health education message is being shared um, because we know that's that's important as well. So that's we, our goal for today. Tell me about the Minority Health Coalition. Uh, we, it is uh, something that was around in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, and it was supported by DHEC. Uh, along with uh, Partners for a Healthier Community and the hospital. Um, but in time, it went away. And so through the support of the United Way, um, we have been able, and specifically the African American Leadership Society of the United Way, uh, we've been able to resurrect that uh, Minority Health Coalition and uh, get together a group of interested people and, and volunteers to uh, work on kind of to, kind of trying to um, make sure there's a good health education message uh, across our community, but targeting specifically uh, the minority community. And how's the community responded to it? Well, I think we're, we're just getting started. So this is our first event, and our, our hope is that it, be, it will be well-received and we will uh, get lots of other partners involved. And, of course, United Way CEO Carol Burdett, who seems to be omnipresent, was at the event and talking about why it was important for her to be there and, and why it was important to the mission of the United Way of Anderson. This is a wonderful opportunity for our newly created or recreated uh, Minority Health Coalition. Years ago, I worked at uh, the Department of uh, Health and was on the health promotion team, and that was when the Minority Health Coalition was created in Anderson County. Over the years, it went away, but two years ago, when Michael Cunningham became the chair of United Way's African American Leadership Society, he was determined that we would bring back the Minority Health Coalition, and we all know what happened. The pandemic came, it slowed us down a little bit, but we have been meeting over the last few months via Zoom, and we are having our first event here with Welfare Baptist Church today. And we're hoping that we can help people uh, know what the resources are in the community so that they can get the appropriate health care they need. When you and I were growing up, there weren't any Juneteenth celebrations. How important is it for the United Way to be a part of this Juneteenth celebration here today? Well, if you look at our community, what we feel like, United Way needs to be representative of everyone. And we feel like being a part of the Juneteenth weekend, uh, being a part of celebrating our African American leadership, uh, society's heritage is important. So for us at United Way, we are about all people in our community. Uh, the past week's also given me a chance to catch up with three mayors to get updates on their towns. West Pelzer Mayor Blake Sanders said his town is looking to a master plan to manage the growth, which is already underway there. We haven't done this in a while, but let's let's just start uh, a little different. Let's talk about the history of West Pelzer. We we haven't talked about this in a long. Tell people how West West Pelzer came to be. Yeah, let's start at the beginning. Um, so around 1900, uh, Pelzer Manufacturing was operated uh, along the Saluda River. They had built some of the first dams, generated electricity, uh, and Captain Smythe and Francis Pelzer were running one of the largest mill organizations in the southeast. Uh, Captain Smythe did not allow three things, and those three things were gambling, dogs, and alcohol. Uh, those were three things that kept you away from work. Uh, that uh, if your dog was sick you'd stay at home or you had a gambling problem or you had too much to drink then you couldn't make money for for the meal. Uh, so a guy by the name of John Franks in 1913, uh, he was a surveyor, um, he got fed up with it and he said look I still want to work for you guys but I don't want to live in one of your mill homes, I don't want to shop at the mill store, I want to be paid in US currency. Um, and he walked across what was the railroad tracks at Monkey Park or Highway 20 um, and he started uh, Christmas Eve, 1913, as the snow fell, the Secretary of State signed into existence Frankville. Um, and so the aldermen got together, um, formed Frankville, uh, formed our first ordinances, uh, our first policies. And September the 13th, 1918, uh, the aldermen got together with the constituent base um, and they changed the name to the town of West Pelzer. 
Um, and so for probably uh, 75 years after that, Frankville and West Pelzer uh, and Pelzer, they butted heads on a lot of things. Uh, and it's all, all started because of that, uh, that early beginning of what Pelzer or Pelzer manufacturing um, didn't allow. Uh, so we were formed again in 1913 and the town of Pelzer didn't come along and, be, and, and become incorporated until 1955. Uh, so we are the elder city of the two. And what, what are some of the oldest buildings still on West Pelzer here? Yeah, so some of the oldest buildings are still um, the building that we're in. Uh, was built in, in the 50s. Uh, we do have some old older home sites in town. And so the oldest home in town um, is a, a, a white piece of property around the, the, the 60 Main Street area. Uh, it's actually the first home built, 1898. Uh, so there's a log cabin inside of this two-story um, home. So the log cabin was built in 1898, um, 1913. Uh, the home was built around it. Um, right at about 60 Main Street on the other side of the street uh, was a home built for the Welburn family and in 1931 um, it was the mortuary before Gray Mortuary was constructed. Um, and so if you, if you stand in front of that home and look you can still see the window to the right is a floor to ceiling um, window. That's where they rolled the gurneys through. The kitchen was the embalming room um, and it's actually in Ghost of the Upstate. And then one of the other older homes up near um, the Mexican restaurant or the traffic signal at Stewart Street and Main Street, there's a large brick home that was built in the early 1900s. Um, and that's where Mr. Timmerman uh, lived at. Mr. Timmerman was the first individual or was the founder of the Department of Natural Resources for the state of South Carolina. Hence why we have Timmerman Boat Landing and, and the town of Pelzer. And let's fast forward to today. Um, what are some of the newest buildings coming down through here? Yep. So, or at least they've been refurbished upon the newest. Yeah. So um, 2015, I always love to tell this story. 2015, we had 100% uh, vacancy in our in our downtown. We did not have any restaurants. We did not have any shops. It was all used for storage. Um, so we put together a strategic master plan, hired some outside consultants to help us visualize what these buildings could be. And so our city hall uh, was formerly a parts store. Um, the adjacent building was Dolly Cooper's Furniture Store way back in the day. We had um, an old drug store that's now a Japanese restaurant. Um, so all of our buildings on Main Street have been completely um, redone over time. Um, even some of the newest kind of strip mall buildings across from uh, City Hall, um, which is where uh, Cotton Duck Coffee Shop is opening up July the 1st, which is where we have A1, which is a gentleman's barber shop, so a shave and a haircut. Um, we have a startup church in one of those. Uh, they have yoga classes in the back. Um, so even some of our newest buildings are being completely uh, reworked. Blessed to say that since 2015 until currently, we've had about 60 new homes added in, in West Pelzer, uh, which is a big deal when you were only 400 homes to start with. Uh, so we're on a projection for about 20 plus percent growth over the next five years just off of new permits that have been pulled or new um, lots that have been platted out. We're still crossing our fingers for the next commercial development to happen. Uh, we realized that we went from 100% vacancy to 100% occupancy. And so we have folks call us all the time wanting you know, to bring in a new restaurant or a new retail shop. And we frankly just don't have anywhere to put you at right now. And you made sure the sidewalks were good and that you had a walking town. We do, we do. So, um, you know, as part of the first development in, in town, you know, the 1918, when, when John Frank started surveying it out, you'll see that our town's not surveyed out like a standard structured city. Um, John Franks was very much an environmentalist and wanted to save a lot of the low-lying areas, a lot of the larger trees. So you still see large trees along what is currently Main Street and even some of the residential streets still have large trees right next to the road or, or just off of the corner of a house where, where he specifically surveyed those points out. Um, but yes, before we started marketing for, for commercial activity in a, a vibrant downtown, albeit the size of an electronics, you know, store in, in Walmart, um, super small, but we wanted to make sure that we did have a linear walking path. So while we don't have the Swamp Rabbit Town, Swamp Rabbit Trail connecting two towns together, we do have two miles of sidewalks that are relatively flat, 100% ADA accessible all along our Main Street, um, which is why we focus on Main Street activities. We want to be a walkable community, but we also want you to be able to park at one of the local churches that we partner with and walk throughout town, enjoy our historic walking tour and know that it's accessible for everyone. And I know you just mentioned, I know one of your uh, passions is trails. Talk about updates on the ideas for trail. Yep, so we've, we've had a lot of movement over the past six months um, at the county level from the mayors talking together um, in partnership with 10 at the top uh, and connecting our future. 
Um, so the mayor's got together with a group called Upstate Mobility Alliance, uh, which is a product of connecting our future intent at the top, where we're only talking about active and livable communities. Um, and so um, Mayor Burgess and myself have started to discuss how do we get Depot Road and the Transportation Improvement Program through DOT, so that when it is reconstructed that we can have that sidewalk or shared use path that connects the two um, together. I know that um, my fellow mayors, Mayor Dorn, Mayor Roberts, they're working together on a long linear path along a Duke Energy right-of-way that would connect the cities of Belton and Anderson together. We're super excited for them. We just want to go ahead and start planning for our next connection to them. Um, so we have hired through our um, ARPA funds, we hired Cole Genest and Stone um, out of Charlotte. And so we'll be kicking off next month doing a, a master plan for West Pelzer. So they're going to look at our comprehensive plan, but they're also going to look at, um, you know, where could our first two-story building be in downtown? Is there a reason for us to build a second story on this building to have downtown living or another retail shop? Uh, and they're also going to look at trails. Um, so we still have a long-term lease on 10 acres of property along the Saluda River, and one of our goals is to connect downtown West Pelzer to, to the river and let that be our gateway. And you have a grand vision to one day have the trails connect a lot further out, right? We do, we do. Um, so I'm blessed, you know, professionally to get to work on trails across the country. Um, so yeah, sometimes late at night when I, I pour myself a cold beverage of choice, I still bring up Google Earth and start to look at all of the existing and proposed trails in the areas and, and how could we connect those together. So yes, in my Google Earth files, I have this crazy, crazy drawing of how Powdersville, Piedmont, West Pelzer, Pelzer, Williamson, Belton, Honeypath, Anderson, Iva, Pendleton are all connected um, together. It's not too far-fetched. I think it's probably a generational um, project, but if you start to dive into the details, you'll see that Friends of the Green Crescent and Anderson County and Clemson are working together to try to connect those two together, or that Anderson and Belton are already working together, um, or that the Parks and Rec plans for you know District 4 or District 7 includes trails as, as part of their overall recreational plan. Um, so we're all working on it. We've just got to get there. And I don't want to spend too much time on trails, but I know in your consulting, talk about how trails have become a central factor in planning and stuff in communities around the country. Yeah, um, so I did not coin the phrase, but, but trails do transform communities. And we could always go to Traveler's Rest and look at that. Um, but let's go to some smaller cities and talk about how it could transform them. Let's go to downtown Pickens and talk about how Doodle Park and the Doodle Trail really spurred you know a city of, of 5,000 people into having you know the tap rooms or the additional places to eat or long-term stays so that you don't have just a day trip you have one night which means additional you know a tax um, being able to work in other communities that may have uh, or may on the surface have really good trail networks they're starting to invest in expanding that network so city of goose creek one of the fastest growing cities in south carolina spending a portion of their arpa funds on expanding their trail network to connect communities to places um, so goose creek doesn't have a downtown like a downtown charleston or downtown somerville but they want to connect people to where they want to go so hospital systems, employment centers, recreational facilities. Uh, th those are the important components that you can't really put a, a price tag on. Um, even small cities like Ridgeway, uh, which is in Fairfield County, a city of 300 people, uh, just passed uh, a regulation having a scenic byway that connects up through Camden all the way up through Lancaster on Highway 34 and 31. It's a great amenity for a vehicular driver, but now they want to figure out how to add a shared use path off of that so someone on a bicycle can experience those same natural resources or perhaps stay in Ridgeway for the night. Um, huge impacts in Pickens and Easley, 10 million a year roundabout number. Um, and, and that's all recreation in both of those cities. I know that the city of Greenville is up at six or seven million a year, and that's not including additional accommodations tax and age tax and all those other things. So it transforms communities and it transforms people. You touched on this earlier when we were talking about the new stuff. What What is new downtown and what are you expecting to come in new here in the next few months? Yep. Um, so we do have uh, Cotton Duck Coffee, uh, which is opening up in the old Moondog location. It's uh, locally owned. Um, they're going to focus on coffee and sandwiches. So kind of think like your Panera Bread, but a local Panera Bread. So they have fresh salads, fresh cut meat. Uh, fresh sandwiches. Um, one of the things that we worked on with our AR, ARPA funds when we sat down with council is how do we encourage our existing businesses 
to grow. Um, so um, we started spending some funding. If you, if you drive down Main Street right now, you'll see that there is zero landscape. All the street trees have been removed. All of those are being replaced. We have new crosswalk signs going in. Um, on Hyman Street, uh, we spent some money on some additional festival street lighting. We bought additional festival tables. And so the first Fridays in July and August, um, we have events. Uh, it's called Summer Jams. Uh, so we have a live band, dessert food trucks, food trucks, all the tables are, are set up. Um, and then our local businesses are who are providing the actual entree meals. So all the tables have um, menus from all the local restaurants and they're happy to come out and serve you, whether it's Baby Sumo or Milltown Place or um, Cotton Duck Coffee. Um, all of those are willing to serve you kind of on our festival street. Um, we're blessed that we're about 30% under budget currently um, on our ARPA fund. So we're going to be bringing council back in sometime in August to talk about how can we do a little more, how can we encourage uh, some additional events or some additional economic development. Um, as, as time progresses, you know, some businesses, you know, the, the owners move on or the owners pass away. And so we had an instance where the owners of our Mexican restaurant in town uh, moved on to bigger and better things, which left a, an, an opening. And so blessed that um, Don Jose's will be opening up there um, this summer, which is a, a locally owned um, Mexican restaurant. Uh, so they're going through a complete renovation of that building currently. So that's going to be our newest restaurant in town. And you touched on housing. How do you think, uh, you know, the new uh, sewer capacity at Highway 881 will affect West Pelzer? Because that's going to be a lot of industry coming in out that way. Yep. Uh, so we have a lot of discussions with Anderson County Economic Development, with DOT, about some of the improvements that are, that are being made. Um, we love job creation. Um, my family is a product of Anderson County Economic Development. Um, my beautiful bride works at Arthrex. Uh, so I thank Burris and Terry and all those folks every time because my wife's employed because of their, their hard work. Um, but we do need to have some serious discussions about the number of distribution facilities that are being developed along the 85 corridor. Um, large, large distribution centers um, typically have low number of employees they have high traffic volumes. Um, and so in 2017, we were at one transfer truck or 18-wheeler um, every 45 seconds along Main Street. Um, and our latest traffic study, that's only down to about 42 seconds, but it's still way too many. Uh, so we need to start talking about how we can utilize um, the Southern Connector or utilize alternate routes to kind of move some of that truck traffic through. Because you are 100% correct in that uh, the sale of, of the sewer system from the town of West Pelzer to Rewa, coupled with the sewer improvements at 85 and 81, um, there's going to be more subdivisions built that are higher density, uh, perhaps multifamily, and there's going to be more industrial development. Yeah. So we need to um, think very wisely, which is why we hired a master planning consultant to, to help us preserve what we have, yet embrace and encourage the growth that we know is, is coming. We can't impact the growth potential of the Highway 8 corridor or the, or the 81 corridor. It's not in municipal limits. So what we have to do is make sure that what does happen is a fabric of our community and that those residents or employees that, that choose to work there or choose to live there know that West Pelzer can still be home to them, that this is their comforting community that they can come to, walk through, eat at, um, and, and still know that, that we're all closely knit. Do you think that... What we're, things we're talking about here will increase the demand for housing. You were talking about new housing coming in. Yep, absolutely. So there's not a home on the market in West Pelzer right now. Um, new construction is, is typically sold before it is finished. Um, I, I want to say the last I heard it was about 40 hours is how long a home was on the market from opening until contract actually being signed. That's with multiple offers. Um, so yes, it's going to impact the market. Um, one of the things that we're fortunate enough to, to have um, in Rewa is a partner that's willing to talk about expanding the sewer system if, if it's needed to adjacent um, large tracts of property. Um, we've got some agreements in place with once the sewer expands, the annexation um, has to be requested. Um, and that's so that we could kind of have our fingers in that to make sure that it does meet the fabric or the architecture of our, our community. We do not want three or 400 home subdivisions, but we know that those need to exist. So how can those, if they were to come here, how can they fit within the fabric? How can we make sure that they have sidewalks or trails or open space that can benefit all, all of our community? Um, I think Williamston and Pelzer are poised identical for, for substantial growth as well. 
I think we we may have just got to the table first, knowing that we're the direct connection to Highway 8. And so I like to tell people that the 100,000 vehicles a day that are going down 85 of the 24,000 that get off the interstate, um, they come through West Pelzer to get to Williamston or Pelzer. So we're, we're the first face they see, um, which is why the three mayors work so close together to make sure that the West Pelzer face is so strong and that we can tell people, hey, we don't have a 20-acre park in the center of town, but you know who does? Our neighbors in Williamston. They got something really good going on. You should go visit those those folks as well. Um, so we all work together to make sure that we all got the best run and that when residential development comes, we're primed and ready. You touched on this a minute ago. Uh, let's talk about just summer because I know you have a lot of things going on in the fall and we'll catch up on that a little closer, but things between now and September, what kind of events you got going on? Yep, so summer jams. Uh, so summer jams in July will feature um, a DJ, um, and then we have uh, the pound cake truck. Uh, so it's the dessert truck with pound cake and all the, all the toppings. Uh, that starts at 5.30 on Hyman Street. And then at 8.30, uh, we have a 40-foot inflatable screen, uh, which we're showing a movie out there. I think the movie in July is Indiana Jones. You have to check out our Facebook to see the exact schedule. Uh, then the first weekend in August, we have a similar schedule. 5.30, there's a live band uh, that night. Um, then at 8.30, there'll be a movie in the park. Also at the end of August, which is the fourth Saturday, um, in August, we have our Dog Days of Summer is coming back. Uh, so we'll have a dog show. Uh, starts at 11 a.m. We'll have free giveaways, dog beds, dog food, all the fun stuff. So bring your canine friends down uh, to, to West Pelzer. So we have these events, obviously, because we want the community to be engaged. But we, I keep going back to, to history repeating itself with our vibrancy that we had in 1913. So I can only imagine, you know, Christmas morning after Frankville was formed that people were walking their dogs down Main Street. Uh, so that's why we have the dog days. We want to kind of nod our hat to the history. Hey, bring your dog out. Uh, we don't care if you're from West Pelzer. You can be from anywhere in the upstate. Uh, come hang out with us. Very informal dog show. Your dog doesn't need to be, you know, perfect. Um, we just like to, like to have fun, get people off of their front porch, smiling, drinking sweet tea, talking to each other, kind of reminiscing about how West Pilsner used to be and how great it is today. And we'll talk more about this in September, but just give people a 20-second preview because they are a fall event community here. We are a fall event community, and that's because we love Clemson football, and we love all the 25,000 cars that come through here on game day. So, um, yes, we have Pumpkin Palooza planned with a live band this year, more inflatables, outdoor movies. Uh, we have a mile-long yard sale October the 1st. We have Westies Vintage Market. We have Farm Days that's going on, and the first Christmas parade um, in Anderson County happens right here as a partnership between the town of Pelzer and West Pelzer. We're a fall community, and uh, we can't wait for you to stop and spend a little time with us. Over in Belton, Mayor Eleanor Dorn, who is just celebrating her first year as mayor, said that housing starts are growing and continuing to grow as the town grows and the city is getting ready for the regional Dixie Youth Baseball Tournament. We were just talking, it's a busy summer already and you said you're already busy getting ready for what here in Belton? Well, as soon as I get through with you today, I'll leave here and go over to the um, JC Ballpark. We have the, our um, Dixie Youth, um, the district tournament of the eight and under and ten and unders. And that will roll into, Belton will be the host, but we will be at the site of the Civic Center for the Dixie Youth State Championship for the um, eight and under, and then we'll have the, at July 28th, we'll have the Dixie Youth World Series for 12 and under. So the World Series will be, you know, the whole Dixie Youth of the country. So and they'll be coming from all over the place. You got a lot of baseball teams here, right? We do, um, except this is the all-star stuff, so it's it's kind of funnels those teams down to one. So, okay. but yeah, during the regular season we have a fair amount of teams, and then when you get to this level, it's funneling them down to the individual, you know, the best on the teams get together. Well, we're talking about recreation. Anything mm -hmm. else recreation-wise going on right now? Well, they just wrapped up the Palmetto Tennis Tournament. It went well. Had great weather. Really good weather for that. So. Glad to get that one on the books. Um, we're still looking for a site and a plan for our pickleball courts, but we will be moving forward with that. We're still in the planning stage of improving Leadapore Park, redoing that facility. So a lot in the planning stage right now. So hopefully soon we'll get, get everything nailed down and, and get some dirt moving and buildings up. Well, your recreation folks are probably starting to get ready for Little League football and stuff too, well, I guess. I, I tell you, and this year we're going to take on um, flag football. 
we were, our director, Joey Lance, is very excited about that. He anticipates a big participation in that. So we are excited to get that going and seeing how that does. That's very popular right now with the kids. How about your recreation center? Anything new going on out there? Same old thing. It's, it's um, doing well. You know, we partnered, or they partnered with us, the Elite uh, Physical Therapy, and they're still operating out of there. They absolutely lo love being there. It's, it's a big success for them. So just um, they stay busy. It's a great place. A lot of people using it. A lot of people use it, especially senior citizens. It's, it's real easy for them to get to, you know, their doctors, you know, want them to continue with therapy if they've had to go to rehab for any reason. And, you know, they always told us, I hate getting in my car and having to drive to Greenville Anderson. And it's so easy for them. And it's, it's just perfect for that age group. But yeah. the young ones use it too. It's, it's for everybody, for a lot, sure. A lot of people working out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess we're coming up on a year with the trail, right? Is it? Year with the trail, yes, sir. Um, and we just finished our second downtown sounds, the standpipe sounds series that we're doing. We had that this past week, and that was another. It was very hot, but we had a good show in there too. And we we won't do that one again until um, August eighth, uh, I believe. What about uh, the economy? What's happening in the town? Any businesses coming in or? Um, it, that's been kind of slow, but it it's not. I don't think for any reason. I just think it, it's it. We um, right now just hadn't had anything, but I, I don't take that as a negative. You got a lot of people looking and asking and that kind of thing. Yes, and a lot of people looking and asking on building homes here. So that that's kind of where all the action is right now. We we probably average ten new taps a month, which means new housing. A um, couple of developments are bringing some plans to the table, and it's um, that, that's where it is right now. How about downtown? It's, Any other plans for downtown in the next couple of months? Well, our beautification committee has just completed, um, or in the final stage of completing our irrigation system down there, and they've done a fantastic job with the plantings and flowers and all that kind of stuff. It is absolutely beautiful. I, 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 they're, they're a huge asset to us. It's, it, the stuff they do is well above what we have time to do. So we really appreciate the work they've done down there. And they're, they're volunteers and um, just doing a fantastic job. How about the budget for the coming year? How's that looking? It, it's, you know, it's very similar to last year's. We're, we're playing it very cautious and just conservative, just, you know, just waiting this out to see what's going to happen, you know, and, and, you know, hopefully it'll get better but there's not much on any line that's not going up you know as far as what it cost us so we we, we it's, it's a good budget just conservative and cautious and the art money most of that's not going to be coming in for a little while right right that second round i think will come in in september right but yeah well in september will be here before you know well it. i thought about that today too it's, it's can't believe it's about to be july uh what other events you got coming up here in the rest of the summer going into, into september um, we usually kind of lay low in July because there's so many other things going on, people on vacation. So, um, like I said, the next standpipe sounds will be in August and that'll be the first when we get back into it. So, not sure who that band's going to be yet, but um, we're, you know, continuing with the band. A couple food trucks, had an ice cream truck at the last one that was a big hit, obviously with the weather, but um, it's, it's going great. A lot of positive feedback from it. How about updates at the museum? Anything update? I haven't heard from them, which I'm, I'm hoping no news is good news. Usually, when we hear from them, they they need something. They and, seem pretty and, busy over there. Yeah, they they're you know they're just like all of our nonprofits. They work really hard, and they're such an asset to Belton. It's it's unique to have what we have in all of our nonprofits. But the museum, they they, you know, the museum loves to get involved in any event we have going on, like Stampipe Festival, Chili Cook Off. They, they are right there in it. You know, they put a golf tournament in there with both those events, and, you know, they, they piggyback off of us to help raise money and awareness of, for themselves. So it, it's a win-win for them and for us. So we're proud of them, real proud of them. So uh, Heritage Days are coming back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Students and mm -hmm. everybody back in full mm -hmm. swing with that. Right. I don't have a whole lot of detail on that, but I did speak with um, Allison Darby on it, and she is expecting to be able to have some and she, she's probably got them lined up I'm sure she does we'll catch up on that in September. yeah I'll, I'll have that more information when we sit down next time what else is new going on in Belton people need to know about it's really rocking along pretty you know the way it always has just everybody's active and having fun and 
you know, I expect a big crowd at the baseball tournament. People around here love to go watch sports, so and especially they support the rec system here. So, just really in the next couple month or so, baseball's the the hot ticket. And y'all are still putting out much y'all's information on social media and stuff. How, how can people follow very closely with the recreation and everything else? That's right. Going on well, the, the um. All the departments have their own um, Facebook page and some have the Instagram um, and the city has theirs and we share each other's stuff and um, yes you can find us on Facebook online you know um, and the, the Alliance also kicks our stuff out as well so if you follow the Belton Alliance you'll see our things on there as well. Anything else you've learned being mayor so far? It, it's it's been a it's almost my 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 year anniversary year coming anniversary. up and and it I, I've really enjoyed it um I, I I feel like I work hard I try to work hard and it's yeah every day you learn something different I tell people all the time when I wake up in the morning you know I have no idea what my day is going to be like it it sometimes it's not much of anything and sometimes it's wide open till 10 o'clock at night but that, that's kind of how I like it so I've, I've enjoyed it I'm happy to be here. And you seem like you really love Belton. I do I do I've, I'm born and raised here and um, you know we're here because my husband chose to live here he, he works in Greenville and I said you know you you pick where we live and he loves Belton as much as I do so fortunate that he he, he did pick Belton so we're here. Downtown improvements and growth on the U.S. 76 corridor are underway in Pendleton, and Mayor Frank Crenshaw offered not only these updates, but a brief history of the old Pendleton oil mill and progress that's going on there. Start with, uh, it's that time of year, that season for budget. How's the budget looking for Pendleton? Well, we uh, just finalized our budget for the fiscal year 2022-2023, uh, and uh, budget's looking good. We've included um, a lot of uh, some new personnel. We're going to have some new personnel in the Public Works Department and, and a couple more uh, new police officers and um, several other things we've included just to enhance the overall, um, I guess, walkability and other things having to do with the town here. Just trying to make things as nice as we can. And uh, we've also got some infrastructure improvements we're working on and planning. We want to try to make sure we're, uh, we're planning and uh, looking at uh, where we need to be going. What kind of projects are you working on? Talking about walkability, is there something new that's going on or just ongoing? Well, well yeah, yeah, we do. Um, you know, we have the um, this North Mechanic Street, West Queen Street project going on, which will uh, improve that area. It's um, gonna hopefully be a good, you know, a really nice thing over there because we, we want to uh, just kind of do what we can to just improve uh, all aspects of that area and you know sidewalks and whatever so there's a lot of lot of details involved with it but um, hopefully it's going to work out really nice. Pendleton's already kind of a, a walking town right? It is it is a walking town very much so and uh, that's part of the charm of it you know it's a nice place just to get out and stroll around especially on a nice day like today. Any other new projects you wanted to mention that are going on? Well, you know, we're working on uh, several things. We've got uh, some things we want to do in town. Like we have the old doghouse gymnasium over there. We're uh, we're trying to to work on getting that renovated. Uh, we've got uh, a plan in place now. Hopefully, that'll happen. We want to try to help get a new fire department built here in Pendleton. We're working on a, a strong plan. I think that maybe allow us to do that too. And uh, we're also going to try to make some improvements to the uh, Pendleton. Uh, uh, Recreation Association, and uh, not specifically to them, but to the rec program in general, uh, we're we're going to try to push some money that direction which we've got, and hopefully improve that some too. So uh, we got a lot of things going. Right? Honestly, we we really do. You mentioned your police department; they were recognized not too long ago for uh, reaching out and making sure all the officers got trained in mental health. Well, that, that's been a pretty big deal. Yes, sir. We uh, actually just gave a certificate award to uh, one of our officers, Daniel Carpenter, who uh, actually saved a man's life by administering Narcan and uh, you know doing CPR and everything. And uh, that's uh, all of our officers are trained, and, and we're the only, as far as I know, the only department in the county that has that training. So uh, we're real proud of our officers and of our, of our police department. Talk about those projects going on. Is the lack of materials slowing things down at all for y'all? 
a little bit, yeah, all that makes a difference, you know, and companies are having trouble, you know, getting things done and getting mobilized and getting from one project to the next. And, you know, if, if, if you don't hit things at just the right times, it, it's, uh, it, it slows things down. It's just the way it is these days, I guess. But uh, we're still, you know, doing what we can to move it forward. So uh, even though it might be a little slower, we're still going to get there, I hope. How about downtown business? Anything new or anything expanding we can talk about? Well, downtown business, uh, yeah. I mean, there are some things going on here, such as, you know, we're going to have a new restaurant opening up here, and that's almost finished, called Rains. And then we've got some other folks that are hopefully planning to renovate the old Evans drugstore building there, as you might know it. Others might know it as Mountain Maid. So if you've been here a long time, like you and I, you would know it as Evans drugstore, but uh, others may know it as Mountain Maid. So we're looking forward to that uh, if that if that, if that comes comes uh, to fruition because you know that's an old historic building there we'd love to see it some something good happen to it and I think that's the intention well, and hopefully that'll happen so that's another thing we got going here and we talk about this uh, every time but as growth happens how's the housing market looking in Pendleton well you know there's still a lot of uh, demand for housing and uh, we still have a lot of growth going on here. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of economic development around to us, uh, thanks to Anderson County. You know, they've done a great job. Uh, Rusty Burns, Burris Nelson, and the county council down there, they've done a great job of bringing economic development to us and a lot of manufacturing around us. It brings jobs, brings people, brings growth, brings a lot of good things. Uh, as, as a lot of folks say, you know, one of the best things you can do for anybody is to give them a job. So we're happy to see that. And uh, it's brought a lot of prosperity and growth to our area. And uh, we're trying to be very cognizant of what it is and you know try to make sure that what we have here in the downtown uh, we actually maintains the historical character and charm of the town downtown and um, I think we are doing a pretty good job of that when we you know the fact that we're annexing them in to town in the outlying areas it does set a standard for that and I think that's a good thing too um, Otherwise, it's going in there probably, but if it's coming in here, then it's going to have to fall, you know, meet our zoning guidelines and our requirements, and I think that's all a good thing. Are there enough houses? Is there big demand right now? Big demand, yeah. What I'm hearing from the people building them, the various developers, um, uh, they just uh, they can't build them fast enough. Um, you know, they said. One developer told me that they used to have a report they looked at every Monday morning to see how many houses they had in inventory, and he said they don't even bother printing it anymore because they have people moving into them sometimes before they can get side laid in the yard. And But that's all over. It's not just here. I mean, it's just this whole area, the whole southeast, if you want to look at it. You know, if you if you uh, got a house, you can sell it right now. Let's talk a little bit about the oil mill for a second. First of all, can, I, I'm sort of springing this on you, but can you give people just like a little 30 second history of that oil mill and what it did here and all? Well, as you probably know, you know, originally uh, they made cottonseed oil. They had a, probably the oldest cottonseed oil press maybe in the United States. I'm, I'm not sure exactly whether that's accurate or not, but I know it was, it, was, uh, it was extremely old. And then, you know, later they evolved into other things, you know, with fertilizer and with uh, other things that were, you know, things that farm farms needed and golf courses and things like that. Uh, you know, they helped, uh, I guess, folks get the right products for, you know, those kind of things. And um, it employed a lot of people here for a lot of years, been around forever. Um, and then, you know, when farming uh, started going south, I guess, you know, as far as the smaller farmers, um, it really put a lot of strain on their business to keep going and eventually they weren't able to keep going. So then, you know, we had the building deteriorating, which is sad. Um, sorry to see it go. You know, it was a great business for a lot of years here, employed a lot of people for a lot of years. Uh, but now we're, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to see what we can do to get it taken down, get it out of here and uh, move forward and move on. Have you got bringing in somebody new, or are we still just looking for somebody to do it, or how's that? Well, it's not our property, um, so you know it's. Uh, but what we're in the process now is, uh, you know, enforcing our, our code, our ordinances, and that kind of thing, and hopefully they'll they'll be able to respond to that in a positive way. That's what we hope, and uh, 
get get something moving, and I hope it works out for for them and us. That's what we what we'd like to see. It's a great great direction for the downtown to move too, though, kind of out that way. It is. It's, I think it's a logical progression of the downtown, because as we get more growth downtown, I think that would be the logical direction for it to go. And we already have some growth down that direction. You've seen it. You know, we've got a a brewery down there with a beer garden, and um, I think we're going to see more things going that way. It's just uh, it's just a natural thing, I think, for it to go that way. And let's talk about events a little bit. Uh, you, you just had your Memorial Day event. Um, what other events you got? I know you got some summer music things. What else you got going on this summer? Well, we uh, we will have more of the music events here, which everybody likes. You know, we'll have the, the Friday event that we have here that the PABA puts on, the Pendleton Area Business Association. All the merchants will be open here pretty much, and uh, the, uh, the art center over here and so on. So. Uh, we'll have uh, some music playing here, and uh, it'll be a real active area. How often do they do that? Um, it's on Friday. It's on the second Friday of every month. Okay. Yeah. And when there's some music on the Village Green thing y'all were doing? Right, yeah. Um, and that, I'm not sure what the exact schedule is on that, but it will be taking place. I don't know. It depends, I guess, on who they're able to get in here and what, what, what nights, but we'll be seeing a lot of that over the summer. Facebook would be the best place to find those. Facebook probably, and then we'll put it out as much as we can on, uh, not only on Facebook, we'll, you know, we'll be trying to put it on our marquee down there on uh, Mechanic and so on. Anything else going on this summer going into fall? Um, well, the only other thing, uh, you know, I guess you would say is uh, we will have the fall festival coming up, which is a big, big event for us, and the Scarecrow Contest, which everybody dearly loves, and right. it's a lot of fun. And uh, also one thing I should have mentioned here, it just hit me, um, we have a, a market, a farmer's market going on right now too, every Wednesday. They've got live music for it, got entertainment, got food truck. Um, it's going really great and uh, we're happy and proud of that. So if you got uh, some time on Wednesday, come on up and have some fun and uh, join us with for it. We'll talk uh, fall festival next time we get together, Frank. All right, sounds good, Greg. Join me again next time for another edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast. News some people you trust for interviews with Pelzer Mayor Will Ragland, Iva Town Manager Tim Taylor, and Ben Phillips with an update on the Tuesday night bluegrass in Anderson, and a whole lot of shaking going on at the Anderson County Museum. But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you found a friend Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful